Hard Truth with Tony Shaver, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. I know I don't, and you shouldn't either. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried a SIG, and I always have one literally within arm's rank, length reach. And uh, we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel at projectsentinel.net and the London Center for Policy Research at uh, londoncenter.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, etc., etc., etc. Without further ado, we're moving into the zone of uncertainty, and uh, we have a very special guest today—a uh, guest that um, that has been uh, quite notable in his ability to remain anonymous. So, without further ado, I think I think I hear the Overlord knocking on the door. Do I hear him? Greetings, Tony. I am Dictor Van Doomcock, the future ruler of Earth, broadcasting from my hidden base at the center of the Earth. I am a supervillain bent on conquering the world, but I have diverted from my mission to try to save pop culture. I am expending a tremendous amount of power broadcasting this live image from the center of the Earth on a scrambled frequency, and so, for security reasons I'm sure you'll appreciate, I am switching back to audio only for the duration of this interview and audio only it will be overlord dvd i appreciate your being here so without further ado uh, uh our guest today is uh I, I think i can call him friend uh the overlord future ruler of earth doomcock so uh doomcock welcome to the hard truth Thank you, Tony. It is an honor to be here. Uh, I have followed uh, your career with great interest since we met uh, several years ago on, on Twitter. Uh, you were kind enough to send me uh, copies of your books, your various books, and uh, I have enjoyed them greatly, and I am an admirer of yours, sir. And that's saying a lot, being a megalomaniacal supervillain hellbent on global domination that accepts none as equals. But you're, you're, you're pretty close. Well, I'm hoping to be in service so I can help uh, conquer the world. I want Eurasia. Just saying, if you're going to, you know, conquer the world, I want Eurasia and everything that goes with it. You know, so. Well, I I, I think you would deserve it, sir. Yeah, uh, you you have served your country well, and uh, I am a patriot uh, as well. Although I am at the center of the earth, uh, I do have a fondness for the United States of so America. Speaking of fondness, so I, I'm I'm one spy to another. You can really let your hair down here or oh, your mask. I mean, either one or both. I mean, I don't know if you have hair under the mask, but you're welcome to let it down and you don't have to actually uh, speak uh, using the high frequency, high energy beam and just be yourself here, Doomcock. Consider yourself amongst friends. I see. Well, Tony, as you well know, uh, I wear this helmet to keep my head from exploding from sheer rage at what has been done to pop culture, watching what has been done to Star Trek and Star Wars. My blood pressure generally runs uh, 400 over 350. Uh, so you can appreciate that this helmet is often the only thing that keeps my head from exploding like Patrick McGowan in Scanners. However, I don't anticipate anything that's going to tick me off too bad today, so I will take off the helmet. Well, thank you. I thank you for that concession. That's great. And we can have a, a great conversation. So uh, one of the things I wanted to note, and I think you picked it up in my book as we start talking about this. I'm a movie guy. I love movies. I love movies that mean something. Uh, I use movie references in my book. And so one of the things you may have noted is that um, as I'm thinking about things, I'm watching uh, Apocalypse Now. 
and the scene of Colonel Kurtz talking about using horror, you must make horror as a friend. That literally is the moment when Operation Darkheart came to me. So I think you and I can appreciate this, the overlap between uh, art and reality. So with that, over to you and your reality. So what do you make of, uh, of how media has influenced people like you and me to do the right thing and how now with all the woke stuff, we're being basically disabused of any, any idea of doing anything good. So over to you. Well, absolutely, Tony. Uh, first of all, again, it's an honor to be here on oh, your show you. and uh, to help spread the word about what I'm convinced uh, is an attack on our country disguised as an attack on what I would call our modern myths, uh, mm -hmm. the stories and shared values that bind us together. And right. uh, case in point is Disney, the Walt Disney Company. Now, oh, yeah. Walt Disney controls Marvel and Star Wars at this point, among other franchises too numerous to name. And both of those franchises are going to hell on Disney's watch. Profits are down with substandard offerings that contradict established events that happened in past movies and shows that they now uh, control. Uh, audiences are walking away from Disney's divisive political stances and public approval of a company once as wholesome and American as apple pie has dropped to 35%. And it has come to my attention, Tony, very recently mm -hmm. that, that according to a rumor presented to me by my network of Hollywood spies, Disney, along with much of Hollywood at this point, is deliberately hiring people who have as little knowledge of Star Wars or Marvel as possible to work on those projects. Wow. Now, up to this point, I had assumed that Disney was hiring unqualified, inexperienced yahoos who don't know diddly about squat, uh, either to save money or simply because there are only unqualified, untalented yahoos available in Hollywood at this point. Right. But the allegation that they are also screening out Marvel fans and Star Wars fans from these franchises, from working on these franchises, makes me believe, or confirms actually, because I believe this for a long time, that something nefarious is going on here. Uh, it, it confirms what I've long suspected, that Disney is not accidentally wrecking all these franchises. They're actually doing it deliberately. So, uh, yeah, that, so I, I'm one of those, and I'll be geezing here for a second. I watched... Star Wars when it came out, the episode, I don't know what episode, just the Star Wars, the one with were, you know, 1977, I think it was, I watched it like eight times. I was in high school. I loved it. And I loved the fact that it was just a great story told well. And I don't know if you knew this about my personal history. Um, we, I was uh, the advising producer and co-producer of a series called Chain of Command that was produced by Nat Geo. Uh, did well. And you're talking about profits and Disney. When this season one ran, and I think it was in 2018, 2019, uh, it, it earned out. And you, you're, you're a media guy, so you know this. It, the, the, the actual profits were 20% above forecast for the, for the series. It was an expensive, it was ex an expensive series because we covered everything in the war on terror uh, all globally. Uh, so 10 episodes, very expensive, but it earned out 20% above forecast. We got greenlit for season two. Uh, Disney bought Nat Geo. And the moment Nat Geo bought Disney, uh, the moment that Disney bought Nat Geo, I was fired and they canceled season two because it was quote unquote too pro Trump. And it had nothing to do with Trump at all. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how crazy they have been regarding uh, viable, highly profitable uh, series simply because 
they don't like the message it sends. And I, and to me, again, as a producer, it's like, we're just talking about the Pentagon and what it does. We're not, there's no, nothing political here, but they do, they make it political every time they do something now. Absolutely, Tony. Uh, they call me all sorts of horrible names, <laughs> sure uh, even though I never, ever get political. I right. never pick sides right. because to me, well, it's because I believe that pop culture and one of the reasons why I fight for pop culture is because I believe pop culture is one of the last bastions, one of the last bridges uh, between political divides right. that unite us all. And, and, I, and I'm convinced that Disney is destroying these things deliberately, along with a lot of woke Hollywood, mm -hmm. because it's a concerted attack on our culture from those forces without and perhaps within who want to undermine Western culture to demoralize us and to divide us. Yeah. So, I mean, how did we get here? I mean, a little background here. I mean, it's kind of interesting that you and I are... Uh, Friends now talking about this stuff on the air. We've come from very different backgrounds, but we've we've I think arrived at the same conclusion. It's like I don't care what part of the political spectrum on. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care anything about your personal life. But the moment you decide that you have to project and determine uh, for uh, basically as part of your personal philosophy that you have to tell me what I should think, how I should feel, and you will you will force it down my throat. It just doesn't work. And I mean, I was just talking the other day, uh, Doomcock, to my friend uh, Bob Hayes, Robert Hayes from Airplane. You know, Bob uh, played Stryker. And right. uh, and so he, he and I were talking about the fact that Airplane, which basically has no agenda other than to skewer and make fun of everybody, could not be made today because the very fact that you make fun of everybody equally is now forbidden. How, how did this happen? Well, that's a good question. And it kind of ties in to the central thesis of my YouTube channel, yeah, uh, which is youtube.com uh, overlord slash overlord DVD. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's let's look at let's look at let's look at the process of division, Tony, for yeah. a moment. Yeah. Back when we had just three major channels to watch, the, the country was more or less on the same page. You know, two political parties that agreed on core principles of democracy on truth and so on they disagreed on the best way to foster and preserve democracy right but uh they they kind of agreed that democracy was important exactly now this was possible because of our common frame of cultural reference right we all watched more or less the same shows walter cronkite was the most trusted man in america journalism had principles of neutrality uh, to present the facts and nothing but the facts and let the public then make informed decisions based on those facts. But now we really have no common frames of reference left intact. Partisan new channels, uh, you know, they have opinionated bubbles that insulate and segregate various audiences. Truth itself is no longer valued, honestly. Uh, attention spans are attenuated. Things have gotten so bad now that one of the last common frames of reference remaining is our shared past. And a key part of that is pop culture. Right. Now, pop culture, by definition, seems like a frivolous thing. Disposable stuff about space wizards and superheroes and whatnot. But in reality, pop culture is made up of stories that reinforce the common shared values of our culture. Individuality, heroism, sacrifice, uh, nobility, justice, commitment to freedom. These are the values exemplified by characters like Captain Kirk, 
Luke Skywalker, Superman, Captain America. Is it any wonder, Tony, that these characters and the universes containing them would be a prime target for enemies of this country to attack? Well, the, the, to me, the redemption arc, the idea that, that and I, I don't know you personally well enough to know, but I'm sure you, like all of us, go through our personal development from essentially being insecure of who we are, developing into a person who understands kind of who we are regarding the world, how we fit in, and then uh, seeking to do things to influence those around us. I'd like to believe in a positive way, at least I have. Uh, I'd, I'd like to believe so. But it seems to me, though, when they when they introduce these new characters, the new Marvel Universe, I can't watch anymore. I mean, I, I love Tony Stark. I loved Iron Man. I love the fact that that Robert Downey Jr. played him as kind of a, a, an egomaniac who kind of started reforming. To me, that's like, hey, you know, I can identify with that kind of more more ways than one. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you're you're the overlord here. You know, you get that. Yes, of course. I, of I course. am a megalomaniac and proud of so it. So there you go. So, but that's the point. It's like people. There is actually a a, a story of of how you are introduced and individuals introduced to different circumstance and frictional activities regarding people, places, and things. And they change. And, and you see that and you actually can identify with the character. Doomcock, I can't identify with any single character in any modern uh, series other than uh, maybe a handful. I think um, uh, The Expanse kind of was good. It had a some of the book stuff, but it still had strong characters. The storytelling was was very good. Yes. Uh, other than that, I don't see anything out there that I could actually identify. Uh, the last character I could actually kind of identify with was Jack Bauer in 24. I mean, that, that's about it because, you know, and by the way, half his problem was his own people behind him. Just, yes, just of course, always. always. Yeah. Well, Tony, uh, that is by design, Yeah. in my opinion. Uh, that is by design because you and I, are obviously both rugged individualists. We do not go with the herd. That's true. Uh, I, I'm very much of a contrarian, and I can tell from the actions that you took uh, in, in the military that you were not uh, a brainwashed, slavish, uh, you know, kowtowing to, to authority. But let's, 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 look at, let's look at what they're really doing here. Because yeah. it's no it's no accident that you can't identify with that stuff. Before recording technologies could directly convey story uh, through time, tribes transmitted their stories and myths that were central to the identity of their tribes mm -hmm. via oral tradition. You know, stories that explained the worldview of the tribe, that ensured from father to son and mother to daughter, that the traditions and beliefs that bound the tribe together would survive from year to year and provide right. a continuity of culture. So what's a great way to destroy a tribe, to splinter them, fragment them, divide and alienate the members to the point where they no longer know what they stand for? Attack their stories, change the stories, subvert the heroes of the stories, pervert the lessons that those stories teach, and you dissolve the moral glue that binds the tribe together. Uh, that's what's happening now. You know, look at look at when they're subverting and undermining Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah, they're they're attacking us at the mythic level, at the level of the glue that holds us together. We can no longer agree now that Luke Skywalker was a hero because the Last Jedi turned Luke into a cowardly defeatist who abandoned his friends and allowed the Empire to rise anew in the form of a fascist First Order and even attacked his own nephew under suspicion that he would turn to the dark side. 
And they also present the, the New Republic itself in this latest season of Mandalorian as fascists who use mind control technology on former Empire defectors. Tony, this is this is absolutely right. undermining our, our sense of who we are when they undermine our character. And you pointed out that that they've become completely ambivalent to good or bad. Oh, well, the, the bad isn't all that bad. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, if, it's like, how how do you so butcher that? So to me, this is very much Orwellian, to coin a phrase. I mean, this very is right, right out of 1984. He who controls the past controls the future. Yes. And it seems to me that's what they're going for here is to kind of remove all of the foundational ideas that were so key to us developing. And I got to tell you, I mean, you may find this ironic and I'm coming up, I'm getting really old. I mean, I'm over 60 now and um, I still don't feel any different regarding my optimism of how I see the world as I did at 25. I don't. I, I still believe that we are doing the right thing. We're not perfect as a country. We're not perfect as in our political system, but I will defend to the death people's right to do things. Uh, you, I don't you, you, I don't know if you watched. I had Cherie Curry, my friend from The Runaways on our last broadcast on this. And we talked about defending women's sports. It's like, you know, women need to be protected. You would not believe how many lesbians I got saying you're doing the right thing. It's kind of interesting that the the LGB, the 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 lesbians and gay folks aren't digging a lot of this, this woke stuff going on. As a matter of fact, I get comments all the time. It's like, keep doing what you're doing from those communities because they feel that whatever is going on has gone beyond simply trying to allow for the, the idea that you can love who you want and be with who you want. It's more about trying to fundamentally remove any uh, any uh, reference to who we are as a nation. And I think it's, it's a, a travesty that so many people, I think, in the LGBTQ whatever community, I think are being brought into this and not wanting to be part of it. Do you, do you see that too or not? A hundred percent. I have a lot of uh, gay folks uh, in my online community on YouTube, and they tell me, uh, listen, uh, these radicals that are doing all these crazy things and getting so much publicity do not represent us. Right. And uh, they, they're just good folks that want to live their lives, and, right. and God bless them. Uh, I, I support that. That's why I me never too. get political uh, on my channel. I never do. I, I protest wokeness. Uh, I, 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 I guess I'm hating the sin and not the sinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I hate the actions, but I don't attribute them necessarily to the, you know, ideological left or the ideological right. My, my feeling is honestly that still 70 to 80% of the American public is in the sensible center that leans left, leans right, but it's the other 20% that sucks up all the oxygen and gets all the noise by being absolutely outrageous. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've, uh, prided myself in advising both sides of the political spectrum. And I do. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I was advising Tulsi Gabbard long before she became independent. Uh, I've always admired her spunk, her ability to be independent. And basically, like we talked about, someone, uh, someone who's uh, rigidly uh, unfazed by those who wish her to think a certain way or do a certain thing. So I, I appreciate the the ability for her to stay independent. And that's what I admire. So with that said, what do we do? I mean, what what do we do, Doomcock? To kind of do my Kirk there. I mean, what what do we do? What do we? We were doing this earlier before. We're going. Well, Doomcock, there there you go again. I don't know. It's those uh, darn Russians again. 
Well, I tell you what, as a patriotic American that sells propane and propane accessories, I could not feel more at home with you, Mr. President. And uh, gosh, I wish you'd come back and rule again. Well, I, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, Cap Weinberger, he's got that tattoo. So anyway, <laughs> you know, well, I, I do some of these guys. I actually was at Bud McFarland's funeral, so I have to be careful when I start talking about it. So anyway, wow. back on the top. So what do we do? What can we do to fight? The, I mean, you're doing an And let me, full, full credit where credit's due. Doomcock, God bless you. You're a magnificent bastard. I read your book. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you did the Lord's work by getting under the skin and actually probably single-handedly saving Indy 5. I, I, I cannot think of anyone who's had more of an effect of literally saving Harrison Ford's character, Indiana Jones. Because without you, I don't think you would have seen the massive reshoots. And so uh, you, you've got the correct model. But how do we all do what you do? How do we all jump in to help? You've got to speak out. You've got to stay on it. You've got to go ahead and react to the news stories that they float. For example, uh, way like a year or two, I think it was in April of 2020, mm -hmm. uh, a, a news article came out saying uh, Spielberg was saying, well, you know, it may be time to go ahead and have a woman take over oh. uh, the Indiana Jones franchise. And I published a video called Indiana Jones. And I was protesting against the idea of this. And people at the time said, Doomcock, you're just, you're just reacting to clickbait. This is, there's nothing to this. And I, my, my philosophy, and I, I'd like your uh, opinion on this as an intelligence professional. My reaction is when you see a story like this, you must react as if it is serious in order to dissuade them. Yeah, because this could be a trial balloon. This could be something that they're sending up just to see if anyone like opens fire on it. And if you don't open fire on it, then they are emboldened. But nevertheless, I raise a stink. Everybody says I'm crazy. And then son of a gun, uh, they're talking about Indiana Jones five. And I have a network of Hollywood spies all over the place, uh, which are really people that are feeling like us. That right. are observing firsthand. I have the same the thing in the Pentagon. Yeah, I have the yes. same thing in the Pentagon. Yeah, and and I was sent a series of messages saying, uh, "India." First, it said Indiana Jones dies in this, uh, and I'm like, "Okay," so I published that. But then they say it's worse than that, and it involves time travel. And what they're going to do is go back in time and meet young Indy. Young Indy dies, trying to save them. India, older Indy vanishes from history, never existed. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge takes up his hat and his whip and becomes the new Indiana Jones moving forward into a Disney Plus series. I broke that story. Two months later, it was confirmed by uh, photos from leaked from the set of the Daily Mail. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they showed mm -hmm. her wearing the hat and, and kneeling by a dying Indiana Jones. And I raised hell. And uh, as a result, it was picked up by, by all sorts of outlets, and they delayed the release of the film for a full year. It's right. actually turned out to be more like a year and a half now with massive reshoots. And, uh, and yes, uh, I, I believe that my channel made a huge difference in, uh, in what's going to happen. Uh, no, so I mean, it's your point. It's like a, you you picked up on an indicator. That's what we, you know, we don't do evidence. We do indicators. And, yeah, when you have the indicators, like uh, – you know, it's like uh, 
close encounters of the third kind when you got the ma- mashed potato mound is like this means something you got to this you know this is important yeah and you you got you got the mashed potatoes doomcock just saying you got the mashed potatoes that's good and you ran with the mashed potatoes and you you made uh, uh literally uh, a, a historic uh, a, a, a attack against again these people have billions of dollars and yet somehow you, through your concerted effort, your you know. By the way, I don't want to get too far off track. You know, George Washington uh, was, I think, highly effective as a commander of the Continental Army because of spies. I mean, uh, there's a number of books out there. Uh, the series Turn was on it. Uh, th- those spies helped Washington understand what's going on. So God bless you for being effective in your agent handling. Uh, if you're ever in DC, I want to take you to this, the international spy museum, a special tour. Cause you know, my bond moment in there, my, my bond moments actually in the museum, at least it used to be. So I don't know if it is now, but you know, political correctness and all, I apparently, I, you know, since I speak out certain members of the, the spy museum board don't like what I'm saying, just saying, you know, so I can, <laughs> well, you're not afraid to go against the grain and neither I'm, am I. I'm not. So uh, we'll go. Uh, I'd like to have you stick around for fa- part two of the show. We're going to I'd like to kind of go through some movies with you because uh, I've got like a top 10 list. We can talk about a little bit if that's OK. Absolutely. And then um, just to continue our discussion, because we're getting close to having to go to to, to a break here. But um, I, I really do believe that most people feel like you and I. I don't believe we're the minority here, Doomcock. I think somehow we've been convinced by the overwhelming billions of dollars these people invest in in uh, marketing and all these other things, they somehow believe that the force of their money will convince us all that we're wrong. And I don't think it's going to happen. Well, you'd have to be a weak-minded fool for that. And uh, I think the only ones that believe that are the ones that are already woke, that are inclined towards that, yeah. that particular thing. But uh, I don't know. On the other side of the break, uh, I have a very interesting, uh, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but it's a, it's an idea that runs counterintuitive to their narrative that kind of maybe, maybe explains that wokeness isn't at all what we think it is. Well, that's good. Well, we'll have to pick that up. That's a great thing. It's a great tease for part two. And so anyway, this is Tony Schaefer, The Hard Truth. Uh, I'm joined this week by Victor Doomcock. Uh, uh, Dictor, Dictor Van Doomcock. Dictor, Dictor Van Doomcock, the the future ruler of Earth. I'm 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 uh, shilling to get uh, Eurasia. Just saying, uh, don't forget that. That's what I want. So we'll be coming right back into this gate, this break. Uh, again, don't forget, we're powered by Six Hour, never settle, and right back. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. 
oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is the Heart Truth, Tony Schaefer, part two. Powered by Sleep Sour, Never Settle. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I still carry the best, and I always have one within arm's length, just arm's reach, just saying. We are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on America Out Loud Podcast Network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net, and London Center for Policy Research, londoncenter.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're uh, continuing part two of the program with the Dichter von, von, von Doomcock DVD overlord. Uh, he's joining us for part two of our show to talk more about the war, the woke, the war on woke, the war that, that's on us, the woke war, war woke, rubber baby <laughs> buggy bumpers. World and, war woke. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go through and continue our conversation. I'm la- I'm joined now as part two with our panel, the dazzling Elizabeth Breckenkamp and the uh, ferocious Chris Cardani. I've got my list of, uh, of adjectives. You know, Adjectives. Ho. Yes. That's right. I, I want to mix them up every week. So is it longer than uh, is it longer than Dr. Smith's list of robot insults? I don't have that. <laughs> you bubble-headed booby. You <laughs> All right. So uh Doomcock, uh, you were saying that you have some theories you'd like to share with us. Would you so enlighten us, please? Well, this may seem counterintuitive and strange, but, you know, the wokeness is so obnoxious, so over the top and alienating and divisive that sometimes I wonder if the purveyors of this wokeness are actually the opposite of what they pretend to be. 
Huh. Uh, the thing that started me wondering about this is uh, Star Trek Discovery. Mm. Uh, in 2017, Star Trek Discovery aired on, on CBS. Uh, they, they purportedly called it a new Star Trek show, but I knew within five minutes this in no way resembled Roddenberry's Star Trek. Uh, right. You know, which was optimistic, noble, presented humans as heroic. Uh, this garbage was dark. It was anti-rational, stupid, ugly, uh, with plucked out, you know, eyeballs and, and, and severed baby heads. And I, I knew this was not Star Trek in any way. And they had as a lead uh, a, a woman of color. Uh, Michael Burnham, who I promptly named Mikey Spock as the most know, mocking, great. obnoxious uh, name I could come up with. And uh, and I just was watching, you know, that this woman is a mutineer. This woman starts a war. This woman always has all the answers. She's the bestest ever of all possible women. And it occurred to me, boy, you know, these people are sure not doing uh, women of color any favors. Wow. By presenting a character that is objectively an obnoxious, traitorous know-it-all. Yeah. And I just wonder, do these people actually seek to not elevate women of color in this case, but actually denigrate them, alienate them from the mainstream, and, and, and do everything they can to vilify them as they are purportedly trying to make them heroic. And that's, I find that self-defeating and, and uh, obnoxious. I think that's an amazing theory. And I, didn't, I had not thought of it from that perspective. But it seems to me that any character that was worthwhile in the past that represented those good features of a human being... And I've, I've worked with strong women. Obviously, uh, Elizabeth's here. Uh, we've been friends for years. Uh, I promote other strong women. Uh, women who are actually capable can speak for themselves. And it seems to me yeah. your, your, your very point is, is that this whole thing with Mikey Spock and everything she's doing is meant to essentially uh, make her... Um, I'm, I'm trying repellent. To right. Yeah, repellent. Repellent is what I was looking for. Yeah. And it's just, it's sad because I, I could never get past this. As a matter of fact, uh, they do things like this, like um, Doctor Who. It seems to me, the, um, oh. I love Doctor Who. I loved yeah. Peter Capaldi. I loved, um, I watched it as a kid. You know, I loved the Tom Baker Doctor Who. Uh, Jody um, Whitaker was unwatchable. And it, it was mm -hmm. the same thing. There, there yeah. were so many strong female companions that, that complimented the Doctor so well over the years, Doomcock. And yet, well, you know, you have to change, do the do the gender swap, and then you turn her into something that's literally repellent. And I, I don't know, could it be a war on women? I, I, well, I think it's a, it's a. Well, first of all, I think it's primarily meant to divide us all, just right. to uh, to break those bridges that that gap, you know, that bridge the gap between uh, you know left wing fans and right wing fans, uh, to make everything ugly and controversial and, and and disturbing and uh, of course the reaction to calling out that this is a terrible character that doesn't actually deal with challenges just like solves everything and does everyone's job for them and is the bestest ever as i right. like to say uh well and then they label us sexists they say oh, no. oh we don't like women we're misogynists yeah even though i adore ripley uh, in yes, the Alien series, I adore Linda Hamilton in Terminator. I adore uh, Marion Ravenwood, who saves Indiana Jones several times in Raiders of the Lost Ark, literally right. saves his life once. 
so they're they're full of crap, and they and they they use the mainstream media as a platform to slander those who will not fall in line, who will not uh, kowtow and and toe the party line, and 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 I refuse to do that, and thus. Uh, I guess in a time of lies, the person that tells the truth is a supervillain, and that's why I'm a villain. Well, so as far as, as discovery, what do you expect from a series who actually tried to pull this whole idea that they could bring Stacey Abrams to play? I'm sorry, excuse me, excuse me. I have to do this right. Election denier Stacey Abrams to play the president of the world. <laughs> Yeah, that that didn't go over well. There is no oh. amount of machines or 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 any kind of maneuvering that can make this woman win any major election. We've seen no, that already. So, by the way, I was I was friends with Kirstie Alley, and I love Lieutenant Savak. As a matter of fact, we talked about her role, you know, in Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan, which I'm gonna bring up here in a second. And I love that character. It was very strong. She played a, you know, I mean, I, it's not about women. It's about the fact they've they've made these things so difficult to swallow. Speaking of that, uh, does anybody else notice besides me that uh, Jean-Luc Picard has died, is dead? He died in season one of Picard. Does anybody else not notice that? <laughs> How do people not notice this? Because they're not watching it. I mean, but no. They <laughs> because they're not watching Android, it. <laughs> Android's like, I, oh, he's dead. I don't care about Android. Sorry. You know, I mean, and then to your point, they did the, the swearing. They've used all the swearing that, that, uh, that uh, Roddenberry would have never approved of. They did the, mm -hmm. the beheading. I mean, are you kidding me? In front of, it's like, oh my, it's like, really? And then the eye removal, the torturing of Borg. Man, I mean, and then they want you to come back for season, is it season three now? Oh, everything's good again. Member berries, member berries all over the place. What the F? I mean, it was, it was horrible. Think we are. It was horrible. Uh, I mean, I, I was protesting against season three before it started because I knew from my spies. I mean, I've been tracking this. That I mean, these series have been horrible flops yeah. and, and have cost paramount money. And season three was like the last gasp of Secret Hideout, which holds this license to kill Star Trek, oh. as I call it. <laughs> and uh, and I was saying, don't watch this show, shun it, because we've got our boot on the throat of Secret Hideout. And if this flops, it's the last chance, and they'll have no choice but to sell the license to somebody else. Well, you know, a lot of uh people i'm going to say that politely uh went ahead and swallowed the member berries whole even wow. people that other youtubers that had previously uh spoken out against secret hideout and i said you're being a tool of secret hideout you are playing into their narrative and everything that yeah. i said came true now it looks like uh kurtzman has held on to the license secret hideout has renewed their license to kill star trek we had victory we had victory and and they and they blinked. They they ah. backed away, swallowed the member berries, and and now Star Trek is dead. As far as I, I mean, we will never get good Star Trek again. No, I I've met I met uh, James Duhan at the convention. I, Scotty was amazing, and I and I loved John Delancey. I met him at a, the same convention, and I loved the Q character. And the Q character was so great about being that badass kind of wise ass who's there to essentially. Challenge. I, I, I got to tell you, two of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Next Generation was Tapestry. Uh, Tapestry just to me is mm -hmm. so great about uh, building character. And then All Good Things, Doomcock. Those are the, 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 you know, where you really do see how people's flaws can be essentially a, a benefit that, if, that, that allows you to live your life. 
that's all gone now. Nobody does that now in the new series. No, not at all. And uh, yesterday's Enterprise is one of my favorites, yeah. uh, where the Enterprise C goes through a rift and suddenly the whole timeline is is turned into this dark right. war. The Federation is losing, and you get to see Picard back. Yeah, actually, yeah. in a moment of heroism, like talking about going into a battle that's going to be certain death, protecting the Enterprise C to get back through the rift against Klingons. And he says, let's make certain that history never forgets the name Enterprise. That is heroism. That is sacrifice. All yep. the highest aspirations of Star Trek. We don't get that crap now. Now, Worf, basically in this latest series, uh, beheads, beheads an unarmed Ferengi. Uh, you know, there's a terrorist attack on the Federation. Turns out the Federation is rotten and in, infiltrated by uh, changelings, and it's their own fault because they were torturing the change. Torture the Federation, so yeah. Starfleet, for God's sakes. They've got James Kirk's bones displayed in a museum like a freak show. I, I almost dropped an F-bomb. I apologize. Uh, it, it just makes me so angry. Uh, and 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 this is what passes for Star Trek. It's it's sad. No, but I, we I, fight on by calling it out, Tony. That's how what we've got to do. We do call it yeah, out. I, call it I, out. Right. And so I love. I loved Avery Brooks in uh, Deep Space oh, Nine. Loved. I mean, I loved him as Hawk on Spencer for Hire. I mean, that's how right. far I go back. I loved Spencer for Hire, and I thought Avery Brooks was great. And I, and the idea is like you had strong characters. And by the way, he you know. He had an issue with Picard, you know, Avery Brooks, Brooks's character because of Wolf uh, four five eight is it four five nine, three three five battle, nine, three, three, the Battle of War three five nine, yeah, because you know, geez, you know, Lucutus basically, you know, did things to help kill his family. So I get, you know, those things. You don't have those complex plots anymore. You don't have that depth mm -hmm. of. of of issues that are in conflict as, as the characters work through these things. Well, as a development, lots of, lots of storylines um, benefit with the development of individual characters, like, like you're saying. And um, I haven't actually have the, the newest Star Trek episodes. I have not even seen, but, but, but I'm, but Doomcock, since you're talking about that, you know, it's, it's, it's crap and it is, you're right. Um, I haven't really gone to look, but have you noticed like like a huge drop in um, in their audience? You know, not as many people are watching it because it is so crappy. Yes. Uh, look. Uh, How much of a drop is it, you think, in, in well, people watching? Well, let me tell you. Uh, if you're wondering the state of the Star Trek franchise, go into a Target. Yeah. Go into a Walmart. Uh. See I can't stand Target because they let women in a men's bathroom, so I can't go to Target. Well, uh, they, oh they, they don't have any Star Trek merchandise. And uh, oh. generally, CBS has been able to hide uh, Star Trek Discovery and, and all of their mutant Trek uh, behind the paywall. And so uh, hmm. it's hard to get like accurate figures about it. But they screwed up. They screwed up in 2020. Hmm. And out of desperation because of COVID, they aired the first season of Star Trek Discovery on prime network television on CBS, and thus the ratings were available. And I tell you, uh, Star Trek Discovery was the lowest rated show that they had. That wow. Season. That, that's even lower than The Good Fight, huh? Oh, boy, yes. It's going to be awful. Yes. <laughs> I, I will lower. say this. As far as the wharf uh, poking people's eyes out and things, I didn't see this, but I figured the, only, the, the worst torture as far as Star Trek, the next generation or anything they have to do with Picard was before war. And we all had to sit through scenes with Trisha Yar, one of the original bestest efforts. 
<laughs> but she had a great redemption in yesterday's enterprise. She did. So I did. I get. I, I thank God that for that. <laughs> thank God for that. It's not kind of like so, the happy ending of Thelma and Louise. No. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. That was the most well, depressing movie. Oh my gosh. Until well, I guess you didn't with... see Leaving Las Vegas. That that yeah. is a real. <laughs> well, I did. Tasha, yeah. Tasha went out with a, a hot guy at least, right? I mean, wasn't that a hot guy that took over as captain of the ship of the sea? Who? When when Tasha went out oh, with the, you know, she she was drawn to that ship because of a hot guy. Just saying. That's true, uh, Lieutenant uh, Castillo. That's right. Yeah. 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 There you go. By the way, I have a question for you, Doc. Being the future ruler of Earth. Why is it we never get to see Ferengi women? Because, I mean, they apparently run around nude. Is there a thing with nudity on Star Trek? We can't see nudity? No. That's the answer. It's on the network TV. Women can't wear clothes. Like, okay. There's so. only so many vases and, you know, uh, you know, Bugattus that you can hide them behind. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. All right. So, plunger on your chest and call it a day. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So we're about to go to Tony's take. I want to do one thing before we go, Chris. Uh, I want to do my top 10 films and see what Doomcock has to say about them. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Here we go. First, uh, uh, this is just 10. Uh, one is Casablanca. Good choice. Oh. Good choice. Uh, Casablanca is number one on my list as well. Excellent. Uh, honestly. Uh, well, it's tied. It's tied, but go ahead. Number two, Apocalypse Now. Absolutely mm-hmm. on my top ten list. Uh, number three, Doctor Strange Lover. How I learned to love the bomb. I I I don't know that it's on my top ten, but it is a truly great great film that I constantly reference. Uh, so your your taste is you're you're batting a thousand. I told you never to call me here, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen. You can't fight in the war room. <laughs> All right. Next, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Khan! An all-time favorite of mine. Uh, I can't uh, put it in in my list of top 10 artistically, but it is in my top 10 of personal favorites because it's so Well, by the way, these all have some influence on me, too. So this this is an outlier here because you may not even heard this movie, Basic, with John Travolta. Uh, I have not heard of that movie. So you you might want to take it because it's actually told from different perspectives. It's very disconcerting to watch it the first time because this the, the, the stories don't overlap i mean they don't they don't mash up it's not like linear you're getting the perspective from each character and you've got to figure out who's telling the truth it's kind of just but it's cool but anyway i highly recommend it. i watched it was in afghanistan interesting uh, so oh. basic it's, it's called basic and it's a very interesting movie anyway next is the day the earth stood still Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, with, not not Keanu Reeves, duh. right? With one of the greatest <laughs> film scores uh, ever written by the great Bernard Herrmann. That yeah. that uh, opening is just, with a theremin. Uh, it's 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 kind of like the classic G whiz science fiction theme of of all time. Yeah. And Herman had that habit. I mean, he also wrote one of the absolute iconic uh, horror themes, which was a uh, Psycho. Ah. Uh, you know, wow. he, he did Psycho. So he's and, and Taxi oh. Driver. It was the last of his scores before he passed away. It, so, amazing. Next is Blade Runner. Yep, Blade Runner oh. is tied for me with uh, Casablanca uh, as as and Great Lawrence of Arabia. Me. Lost like tears in the rain. So it's oh, not good. I love <laughs> it. so good. Okay, next, uh, maybe an outlier, maybe not. North by Northwest. Good movie. I, I love it because of, you know, being a spy and everything. So, you know, oh. but uh, I, I thought it was a great romp around uh, 
a lot of the things that you actually have to deal with as being a spy. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's like a true spy movie. I'm just saying it was the psychological issues you have to deal with were kind of relevant. Nice. I, I would put Psycho over that personally or Vertigo, but it is a great movie. Uh, it it's is. definitely in the upper echelon of Hitchcock. All right, two more. Uh, Seven Days in May. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good That's a good movie. And maybe because it just makes people understand how fragile everything is regarding the way things work and we don't necessarily, you know, understand that things could go wrong pretty quick. And that was written by Rod Serling, right? I I think it might have been. Yes, I believe it was. And and I would add failsafe. Uh, failsafe that is another area. one. They're tied for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should show that in there. And the last one is the Maltese Falcon. Ah, here. Heavy. What is I've that? I've got it. I've got the... the uh, yeah. The thing that dreams, the things that dreams are made of. So yes, I, I I've got I, I, I Tony, I, yeah. I've got uh, the Maltese Falcon uh, in my office as well. I've well, got, you being the overlord right of the center of the earth, that that that's speaking be speaking highly of it. So that's good. I love that movie passionately. Yeah. I think it's the greatest detective movie of all time. Yeah, great. So anyway, so uh, my choices uh, are they righteous or what? They are, sir. Uh, no. I, 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 I'm very impressed. I knew that we were on the same page, but That's we are, good. we are like eighty percent. Well, I don't disagree with any uh, except the one I haven't seen. But uh, fantastic! You like it? You like well it? It's, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit like you watch it. It's like, what did I just see? I mean, it was just so. It makes you feel like, boy, did I pick, get everything or not? Anyway, so you'll, you'll, you'll see. All right, Chris. <laughs> Over uh, first, to you, my friend. It's time for Tony's Takes, isn't it? A, a note, though, before we do Tony's Takes, is that uh, uh, Tony had to kind of switch one of the movies off of his list. Uh, oh. The Manchurian Candidate. But that's only because we're living it now, so yeah. it kind of got knocked off <laughs> the top ten. Right that's now, a very time. good movie. <laughs> it it is. Is. I like both of them. I like the Denzel Washington one, and I like the original right. with Frank Sinatra both. They're both good. It, it is about time, though. It's that time for it Tony's is. Takes, brought to you by Sig Sauer. First, Tony's Take. The best, a lot of great references were thrown out today. Best one, Doomcock's reference to Scatters. <laughs> Thank you. Thing? Yes. Patrick <laughs> McGowan, a hero of mine. I think The Prisoner is the greatest television oh, series I, ever oh, made. Oh, me too. I love The Prisoner. The prisoner. I quote <laughs> stuff all the time. Be seeing you. I will I not be pushed. Wild. I went Stand. last Hollywood. Uh, 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 I went last uh, Halloween as number six, and nobody knew who I was. Like, what? How do you not <laughs> I see? would get that. Yeah. Mr. Fishoder from Bob's Burgers. I would have gone up to you and said, I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. (laughs) All right, Chris. Gentlemen, U.S. Senate Committee had a hearing. It's a serious subject. The U.S. Senate Committee had a hearing about military readiness this week. All right, yes. Uh, Senator Blumenthal's questioning was intriguing to me. He was talking about how to get Gen Zers into the idea of joining the service because their attitudes towards doing so have been extremely poor. Um, Tony, what's your take on that and maybe how to improve the situation? Well, and I think certainly that, not what I've been reading or, or saw you talk about on Newsmax earlier today. Well, I think that if you give them uniforms that look like Super Mario, I think that'll go a long way. <laughs> Make everybody look like Super Mario and just, uh, just do the whole thing like you're in a, in a video game. That'll do it. Or, or right? Master Chief Helmet. Master Chief. Well, that too. You know, that's good. <laughs> Doomcock, how about know. you? What do you think? What 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 should be the draw for Gen Z into the today's military? Good God, I don't know. Set their couches on fire. 
They, they can't sit there anymore. And to hop up and stop tweeting and get out of their foot jammies and put on some boots. I, I would say that the thing we need more than anything right now is a renewed sense of patriotism and country first. Uh, honestly, uh, I, I feel like there's so much division and nastiness in the political discourse uh, and, and even talk of, you know, God forbid, you know, secessions and, and BS like that. And it's like that that talk to me, that kind of talk is, is anti-American to me. And uh, I, I think that if people focused more on country first and, and what benefits America, I think we would all be in a, in a lot better shape. I said something like it today on the air. I actually was on Newsmax and we had to talk about this. Like, uh, <laughs> the, I don't think you're trying to go bringing in trans influencers uh, who uh, by any account is maybe 0.5 to 1% of the population. Maybe mm -hmm. and when you do that. You alienated 90% by the fact you're, you, you know, you're not actually addressing the fact that people want to be patriotic and serve. Maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe that's not the best way to draw in Gen Z. Just saying. The, the only thing that's worse, the only thing worse than bringing in Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney to speak about anything is bringing in a second rate Dylan Mulvaney wannabe. Okay. I don't know. That's just <laughs> worse. <laughs> Chris, I don't know. I think there could be benefit of uh, airlifting, airdropping via parachute Dylan McVinney into uh, Red Square in China. I think that'd be great. I think uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. I think that's a that's a great special operation. It, it's like uh, what was the movie uh, where, where Eagles Dare? Uh, yes, on his own. Yeah. War Eagles. We could do the remake of War Eagles Dare with Dylan McVinney taking and, and capturing yeah. Chinese leadership. That's and he would never escape. He wouldn't feel. He would never get out of China. Yeah. I could just hear, like, uh, you know, broadsword calling Danny Boy. Broadsword calling Danny Boy. <laughs> Danny Boy here. We have a couple of uh, minutes for this part of Tony's oh, oh, By the way, before you go, Chris, I, did you know, Doomcock, that uh, Clint Eastwood played Lieutenant Schaefer in? Oh. Uh, Absolutely. Eagles, just saying. He played That's a younger Tony. That's a good name, Lieutenant yeah, Schaefer. He played a younger <laughs> Tony. There we go. Well, gentlemen and lady, one more. Your take yeah. on Dave Hughes. That's right. He's the Florida guy who won the female poker tournament. Oh. Hmm. What did he poker with? Uh, <laughs> but I hardly oh, know. Her. No. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> I think we just settled, even though Sig Sauer is, 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 is who's sponsoring this, the motto is never settle. <laughs> right. Never poke. Either. But again, if you missed last week's show with Shuri Carey about protecting women's sports, check it out. Uh, mm -hmm. Listen to it on the, on the America Out Loud radio network, uh, talk, podcast network, talk radio network, also on the Project Sentinel YouTube page because we have the video of, of uh, or if you're watching it now, you can just turn back to it. The idea is this. Let's protect women's sports and women's poker competitions. Chess also. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We must protect women pokers. C Just Colonel Moreau would be very upset if he didn't uh, protect the chess games as well. You know, uh, speaking of uh, Patrick McDoohan, did you know, Doomcock, you've seen uh, one of my favorite movies, which is not, not top, but, but very high, which is uh, Ice Station Zebra. Yes, I have. And uh, you know, there's not a single female in that, in that movie. Not a single female. Well, it I makes sense. It's a submarine on a military mission in the Cold War. Well, so. It doesn't mean it wasn't poking, <laughs> just saying. No. I mean, I yeah. don't know. You know, just, you know, submarines, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, could, I could say a really horrible Navy joke right now, but I won't because it would be inappropriate. And I don't want to alienate our Navy our Navy comrades who are now <laughs> trans influencers <laughs> recruiting for them. Just saying. Not, not that there's anything wrong with trans influencers, but, you know, maybe that'll help with sub, submarine recruitment, right? You think, Doomcock? 
uh, trans recruiters. It was it was already tried. I see a movie there. Well, it was already tried uh, in the eighties by the. you know, YMCA, uh, you know, <laughs> that video around today. I think so. Yes. Yeah. In the Navy didn't really, uh, you know, we I'm want you, hurt. we want you, <laughs> we want you as a new recruit. That's like, uh, no, no. So speaking of new recruits, uh, Doomcock, I hope you will be a regular on the hard truth. Not that the hard truth has anything to do with poking, just saying they're not related directly, but you know, hard and poking. I don't know. Absolutely. Relationship there or not. But uh, thanks to to, thank you for being here today. It's been great fun. I think it's been educational. Uh, Again, kudos to you for taking on the the Leviathan of Disney and uh, kicking their butt. Uh, Thank you, Doomcock. Thank you, sir. Would you mind if I plug my channel real quick? Please go ahead. Uh, It is YouTube.com slash Overlord DVD youtube.com slash overlord dvd please come and support my efforts to save pop culture uh, against all the slanders and attacks and so forth uh it's a lonely road but i walk it with pride and you do it effectively and, and i'm i'm one of your fans so thank you and, and thank you chris uh the purveyor of the show and thank you elizabeth for always being here and being vivacious and beautiful and uh, we'll be back next week for another edition of the hard truth see you soon